Our gospel text today is from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 through 37 and 41 through 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him, spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What's your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you one on your right and the other on your left. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thus far the gospel. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is a joy for me as the service coordinator for LCMC to be able to be here for uh, this installation this morning of Pastor Jerry Watts. It, it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's fun because I get to see some longtime friends. It's, it's been fun to see Bruce and Kirsten again this morning, and I continue to covet Bruce's hair. Um, <laughs> speaking of hair, I was a youth pastor for 25 years. Scott, I am your future. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> Sorry about that. Now, my prophetic gift is not always 100%, so you might want to test that and, and, and pray about it. It's really fun to be back in a congregation where there's a choir. I miss seeing and hearing choir, so thank you, choir, for, for your ministry today. And, and in the same congregation, to have a wonderful worship team like you do here, thank you for, for, for your ministry. I feel like I'm going home uh, to my wife, Debbie. We live in Phoenix, by the way, so it was a long flight to get here. And uh, fortunately, no cancellations. Um, but I'm going to go home and, and tell her about the new friends uh, that, I, that I made. Um, I'm, I'm going to get to tell her stories about Buzz. Buzz, the character. Is, is that, those of you who know Buzz, is that true? Is the character And Pamela. I get to tell stories about Pamela and Diane and Jim and so many others of you. And Pastor Mark, who I'm meeting for the first time. And David, by the way, good to see you guys here this morning too. So this is a joy for me. Thank you, Jerry, for the privilege of being here with you. Enjoy your mom, Judy, how great she could be here and, and uh, with each of your kids. Uh, uh, without Zoe, who I know is probably with us praying today uh, for this great time together. I've been praying about this day for, for months. I can't remember how many months ago we first communicated via email. You and, and Bruce and I talked about my being here. And so I've been praying and asking the Lord, what might be a, a word? What might be a message, Lord, that, that you would have me share that day? 
And the message that has come to me is entitled, The Threefold Call to Serve. The Threefold Call to Serve. And, and the purpose of this message, I hope, is to, to help myself, to help Pastor Jerry, to help all of us reflect on the nature of God's call upon the life of a, a woman or man who's called to serve in the office of pastor in the body of Christ. Now, the call to be a pastor in a Christian congregation is a threefold called to love and to lead, expressed in the form of service. The purpose of leadership in the kingdom of God is not to build up one's own ego or fulfill some selfish sense of ambition. It's not to meet some unmet need in a person's life. And it's not to lead in an authoritarian way or in a kind of way where you lord it over and you flaunt it over others out of your position your prestige, and your title. Jesus clearly addressed that in our gospel today, did he not? The the, the call to leadership in the kingdom of God is a call to serve. In that passage in Mark 10, Jesus reframes the very human desire to be great. And he, he reframes it in this way. If you want to be great, be great servants of all. With that said, however, we need to ask ourselves, well, what's it mean to be a servant? Does it mean that a pastor, does it mean that Pastor Jerry, in this case, he's simply an employee of a church, and his job is to go around and find out what all of you want to have done, and then just make sure that all your desires are taken care of? (laughs) I hear a lot of amens out there, Pastor Jerry. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm setting you up here. (laughs) Or or does it mean that a a pastor is someone who's free to carry out and fulfill their own agendas for the congregation, no matter what the other leaders in the church are discerning in here? Well, of course, in the kingdom of God, it means neither of those. What it means to be a leader, to be a pastor in the kingdom of God, and in this church, Faith Lutheran in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is to first and foremost serve God. In this threefold call to serve, first and foremost, Pastor Jerry is being called to serve God, to know the Lord and love him, to listen to him and with others to discern what God's will and God's agenda is for Faith Lutheran. Now, Pastor Jerry, in this case, this is going to require some things from you. First, it's going to require that you continue to experience God's love for you as his kid. Not just Pastor Jerry. This is Jerry, son of God. Jerry, son of Judy. And it's going to be important for you, as much as you've experienced your mom's love in your life, to continue experiencing God's love. He loves you just for who you are, Jerry. And you're a neat guy. I mean, not everybody can pull off those hats you wear, dude. (laughs) Which, another thing I'm coveting while I'm up here. Can we go back and do the confession of forgiveness again? Because I... (laughs) I'm sinning a lot here this morning. (laughs) But in all seriousness, it's going to mean you continuing to experience how much God loves you, Jerry. You are an incredible son of God. I, I don't know you well, but I already love you. I love your heart. I love who you are. I love how you enjoy our together. And I'm, I'm growing to love each of your kids. Uh, Luther, just off the charts, neat young guy in Liberty. Uh, beautiful young woman of God, and, 
and the mayor of Albuquerque, Faith. (laughs) And I look forward to meeting Zoe someday. But continue to experience God's love for you, Jerry, as as a person, and to experience God's love for you as a congregation. It's going to require that Pastor Jerry continue growing in knowing God's will and God's ways for you, his people. That, in turn, is going to require that he spend time with the Lord. So it's going to be important for you as a congregation to celebrate, hey, we have a pastor, we have pastors, we have a vicar who want to spend time with God and celebrate as they go spend time with God rather than saying, well, why why aren't you at the church 24-7? Where where is Pastor Jerry? Where's Pastor Mark? Where's, Where's Vicar Scott? Well, they're spending time with the Lord. Celebrate that and encourage that in their lives because apart from that intimate relationship with the Lord, they can do nothing. That's what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5. So Pastor Jerry, make sure to get to your schedule, first and foremost, and schedule time with that great family you've got. Then schedule time to be with the Lord, and then fill in the rest of the schedule, and the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon that. To first and foremost serve the Lord as a pastor in this body of believers will mean that Pastor Jerry continues to proclaim law and gospel. The preaching of the law continues to be essential in our world. Not only in our culture here in the United States, but around the world. It's essential and necessary in the lives of humankind to drive us to the point that we realize we're not just in need of some good advice. Thank you, Dr. Phil. We're not just in need. I'm sorry if I'm stepping on anybody's sacred cow there. Okay, Oprah too. Okay. We're not just in need of good advice. We're not just in need of a a helping hand. I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know about you because you're a human being just as I am. And we are in need of being rescued. And we need the proclamation of the law to drive us to that point where we we realize we're in need of being rescued. And we are driven to turn to Jesus and, and hear the gospel that Jesus has come to do that very thing. He hasn't come to be our best buddy. He hasn't come to just give us good advice or a helping hand. He's come to rescue us. The proclamation of the gospel is not a list of things you need to do for God. It's a proclamation of what God has already done for you in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has forgiven our sins. He has paid for our sins. And he has given us the power to live a new life as the beloved sons and daughters of God. The gospel is not some message It's not some dusty dogma. It is the power of God let loose in the world that when it impacts a person's life, it forever changes the trajectory of their life. That is what Pastor Jerry, Pastor Mark, Vicar Scott, and anybody else who sets foot in this pulpit is called to proclaim. To first and foremost serve the Lord will also mean following Jesus' example of declaring and demonstrating life in the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. And he came demonstrating how life is different in that kingdom. And he calls us to pray for the will of God to be reestablished here on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray that wonderful prayer. 
in congregation after congregation across the United States and overseas that we call the Lord's Prayer. Thus, this threefold call as pastor to you, Pastor Jerry, is first and foremost to serve your Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the next aspect of this threefold call to serve is the call also to love and care for God's people. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, which we heard read earlier, let me just re- remind us of what that said. Pastor Jerry, it says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock. The flock, the the flock of God is how it's put in this passage. And that's important. That phrase is important because Faith Lutheran Church, this, this, this church is not your flock. It's not Pastor Jerry's flock. This is the flock of God, and and we need to pay attention to that because sometimes as human beings, we can begin to think of our churches in a very possessive and in a very unhealthy way. This is my church. And and there's one sense we say that that's very good and very right, and it's to be celebrated. But if we're not careful, it can slip into a very possessive form of thinking of our church, which then leads us into some unhealthy expressions and unhealthy consequences. We begin to think, well, it's my church, so things need to be done my way. And that can be the thought of somebody sitting in one of those chairs out there. It could be the thought of somebody on the staff here at the church. God save us from that unhealthy and even toxic way of thinking. This is the First and foremost, the flock of God. Pastor Jerry Shepherd, the flock of God. You're being called to carry out this role as lead pastor for Faith Lutheran as a shepherd and not to do so under compulsion, but willingly setting an example for the flock, which is what Jesus said of himself in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 14. I am the good shepherd, he says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Pastor Jerry, you are a shepherd. You are not a hired hand. And you're being called to carry out this role, not in a domineering or authoritarian manner, but by being an example to the flock. And as any good shepherd would, Pastor Jerry is being called to and will certainly, along with the team that is here, both on staff and with so many of you in the congregation, will tend, feed, and care for the flock and will help guard against any potential dangers to the flock's well-being. Now, this doesn't mean that Pastor Jerry or any of you have to try to carry out this calling your own strength and power, by the way, because if you do try to do that, you will soon find out you don't have the strength, you don't have the power, you don't have the abilities to do it. And that's why God gives you a gift. His name is the Holy Spirit. Paul says to Pastor Jerry and to all of us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God 
who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And God, through the apostle Paul, says to us all, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit who already lives in you. Some of you may ask, well, how can I get more of this Holy Spirit, Pastor Mike? And my answer is you can't. When you were baptized or when you converted to to Christ in faith later in life, you were given 100% grade A Holy Spirit. You've got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to need in your life. The question might rather be for me and for you, does the Holy Spirit have all of us? Is there anything more in my life, any way I think, speak, act, behave, that I could surrender to the influence of the Holy Spirit? So in this very good sense, everybody, let's live under the influence. Let's live under the influence. Remember beloved, whatever God calls you to, whatever God calls you to, Pastor Jerry, he will empower you for. Now, furthermore, one more reminder, Pastor Jerry, as you tend, care, and love this flock, you're not called to go it alone. And if you try to go it alone, you're going to get tired real fast. It's never healthy for any of us in the body of Christ to try to go it alone. I have a... uh, an insurance report here from somebody who tried to go it alone, and I've been given permission to read this uh, insurance report. Somebody who tried to go it alone. I'm writing in response to your request concerning clarification of the information I supplied in block number 11 on the insurance form, which asked for the cause of injury. I answered, trying to do the job alone. I trust the following explanation will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the date of the injury, I was working alone laying brick around the top of a three-story building. When I finished the job, I had about 500 pounds of brick left over. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to put them into a barrel and lower them by a pulley that was fastened to the top of the building. I secured the end of the rope at the ground level went back up to the top of the building, loaded the bricks into the barrel, and pushed it over the side. I then went back down to the ground and untied the rope, holding it securely to ensure the slow descent of the barrel. As you will note on block number six of the insurance form, I weigh 145 pounds. (laughs) At the shock of being jerked off the ground so swiftly by the 500 pounds of bricks in the barrel, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Between the second and third floors, I met the barrel. (laughs) This accounts for the bruises and lacerations on my upper body. Fortunately, I retained enough presence of mind to maintain my tight hold on the rope and proceeded rapidly up the side of the building not stopping until my right hand was jammed in the pulley. This accounts for my broken thumb, see block number four. Despite the pain, I continued to hold tightly to the rope. Unfortunately, (coughs) excuse me, unfortunately, at approximately the same time, the barrel hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed about 50 pounds. 
I again refer you to block number six where my weight is listed. (laughs) I began a rapid descent. In the vicinity of the second floor, I again met the barrel. This explains the injury to my legs and lower body. Slowed only slightly, I continued my descent, landing on the pile of bricks. Ouch. Fortunately, my back was only sprained. I'm sorry to report, however, that at this point, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. (laughs) I trust this answers your concern. Please note that I'm finished trying to do the job alone. <laughs> Pastor Jerry, don't try to do the job alone. <laughs> and and, and that, that was the advice that Moses' father-in-law gave him, by the way. So this is not new advice. Back in Exodus 18, Jethro says to, to Moses, what are you doing? This isn't good for you. And it isn't good for the people of God. So it's not just that it won't be good for Pastor Jerry to try to go at a long congregation. It's not going to be good for you because, again, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. God has given you spiritual gifts to use. He is producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. There are people out there who need to meet you more than they need to meet Pastor Jerry. They need to hear your God's story. They, they need to meet the Christ that's in you. And so Pastor Jerry's job, along with Pastor Mark and Vicar Scott, is to equip you for the ministries God has prepared for you. This is his job description as given in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. The Apostle Paul says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, says Paul, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Pastor Jerry, don't try to go it alone. Congregation, don't let him try to go it alone. Don't let Pastor Scott try to go it alone. Pastor Mark try to go it alone or anybody else on staff. Encourage them to help equip you for the purpose, for the ministries God has for your life. The third aspect of this threefold call to serve is the call to love and serve those who don't yet know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and the reason I know this is Jesus speaking, by the way, is that it's in red in my Bible. You may think Jesus spoke in Aramaic, but having gone to Fuller Seminary, Uh, and and spent tens of thousands of dollars on a seminary education and learned the original language of the scripture, I know Jesus spoke in red. (laughs) So in Luke chapter 19, you didn't know that, did you, Bruce? (laughs) Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus says he came to seek and to save the lost. The lost who don't yet know Jesus as Savior and Lord. How great is it to be one of God's kids, everybody? Gosh, how great is it to know how much God loves me, especially at the times I don't even deserve being loved. How great is it to know that God's always with me. I'm never alone. How great is it to know that that as his son or daughter, I'm of such great worth and to be treated with such great dignity. How great is it to know that I've been created on purpose for a purpose that is significant. How great is it to know that when it is my time to meet the Lord, as we've mentioned a couple of families already this morning, that there is a place already 
prepared for me. Why wouldn't I want to share that news with somebody else? In Luke chapter 15, verse 20 through 24, we see that the heart of the father is to love and to bless the prodigal, to celebrate the return of the son or daughter who's maybe walked away from the faith, but is now is being drawn to come back home. And in Matthew 22, Jesus tells us that it's his will that we love our neighbor. And throughout scripture, we're encouraged to welcome the stranger, the one who doesn't yet know Jesus as Savior and Lord, the prodigal the neighbor, and the stranger. These are the people you and I, as Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 tell us, you and I are being blessed so we can be a blessing to these very people. And in this, our pastors, and in this case, Pastor Jerry, is being called as a fellow follower of Jesus to be a living example for us. Again, remember... That as we reach out to love, share with, pray with the lost, the prodigal, the neighbor, the stranger, everybody, that God's not calling you to something that he won't empower you for. Whatever he calls you to, he will empower you for. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and Albuquerque and Santa Fe and beyond. In Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31, we read that the disciples speaking about some people who are threatening them, some religious leaders who are threatening them, speak to the Lord and say, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with great boldness. And in Romans 5, 5, the apostle Paul says, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Beloved, you don't have to try harder. I'm not, I'm not asking you today to, to summon up all your strength and, and, and kind of get in this Christian constipation thing. Oh, if I just try hard enough, if I just work hard enough, I can be that good Christian boy or girl and I can reach out to that person who doesn't know Jesus yet. No, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you simply to live under the influence. Surrender to the influence of the Holy Spirit who already lives within you. He will give you power. He will give you boldness. He will give you the love that he has to share. One of the favorite things I love to pray with people is to experience a fresh stirring up of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit who's already in them. This is what God's calling for you, Pastor Jerry, and for the brothers and sisters here. Faith Lutheran today, this morning, we affirm the call of God upon the life of Jerry Watts to serve as your new senior pastor. We give thanks for the senior pastor you have had, and we give thanks for the senior pastor you are receiving today. And we recognize that it's a threefold call to serve. First and foremost, for Pastor Jerry to serve the Lord, for him to also serve and love you, and to be an example in serving and loving the lost, the prodigal, the neighbor, and the stranger. Pastor Jerry and Faith Lutheran, May God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit give you his grace, 
his power. And may his favor be upon you in the days and weeks ahead that through you, people in this community will be impacted by the love and power of God and forever the trajectory of their lives will be changed. Amen.